Well, here we are again, and I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. This is Wow, What a Show, and we are in a series that we have titled Apples of Gold, Reading Through Proverbs. It has been a wonderful, wonderful uh, event, experience, readings, you know, every day. We meet daily at nine o'clock in the morning and then um, almost daily at 8.30 p.m. However, on Wednesday nights, we meet at um, six o'clock. We read at six. And on Sunday, we read just once at two o'clock. Wow, what a show is the podcast outreach of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. And we're so pleased this evening that we have as our host, actually, Miss Sharice Williams. I think I got the last name correct. <laughs> I am Phyllis, and I'll be your co-host this evening. Good evening, Sharice. How are you? I'm great. Can you hear me? You, yes. Um, and probably I would hear you even better if you turned your volume up. I don't know if it's your volume or, or mine. Oh, it's mine. Okie dokie. So, yes, I hear you very well. And um, I, I'm ready to hand it over to you and you can just take off. I'll follow your lead. Perfect. Hi. Perfect. So it Hi. is Sharice Brown. <laughs> oh, where did I get the Williams? I'm not <laughs> I'm so sure. That, that was great. Oh my. And you know what? I kept telling myself, check it, check it, right? And I did not. All right, Miss Brown, Mrs. Brown. <laughs> she has a recent marriage, guys. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm catching up here. Okie dokie. <laughs> Congrats to. Thank you. Alrighty. You're welcome. So I'm uh, very honored and blessed um, to be here today uh, with um, Miss Phil and all of you. I know that you guys are here for a reason and I'm here for that same reason to hear the word of God and what he has to say to us through Proverbs 23. So today I'm going to um, read through the entire uh, chapter of uh, Proverbs 23, and then I'll go back and kind of just discuss the things that I feel like the Lord revealed to me. And as you um, hear, please um, know that you can make comments and and um, kind of get in the discussion with us to see what the Lord is saying to you as well. So, here we go. Um, chapter 23. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich, seize from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel 
which thou hast eaten, shall thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. Speak not to the ears of the fool of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless, for their redeemer is mighty. He shall plead their cause with thee. Apply thine heart unto instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou be beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with a rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. Yea, my reins shall rejoice. When thy lips speak right things, let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among routous eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Hearken unto thy father that begot thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth and sell it not. All wisdom and instruction and understanding. Let me reread that verse, verse 23. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lieth in wait as for a prey, and increaseth the transgressors among, among men. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it is giveth color like when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me. Shalt thou say, I was not sick? They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers, the readers, and the doers of his word.
So I, just, okay. I just wanted to <laughs> spend some time like sharing uh, some of the things that I um, uh, discovered as I was reading uh, this chapter. And so as I see it, um, I'm going to go back to verse one. And sometimes I will kind of read through the verse and then sometimes I will just kind of share what those verses said. So in verse one, it starts out when it says, when thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. And what I found is mostly verses one through eight were talking about the same kind of thing, the same nature um, of thing. And basically, uh, what I discovered is perhaps he meant that we should be careful and pay attention to those in our, in our presence and the desires that we have. Um, because the things that we desire are often things that Satan will offer to us and to keep our head turned toward him and not toward God. And so I was imagining myself at a king's table and, you know, if you're sitting at a king's table, obviously you not being a king or a queen, you are going to be enticed by the things that they would have at their table. I would probably be so distracted and anything he offered me, I would be like overwhelmed and yes, 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 you know, but um, yet um, I'm commanded in this verse and in those verses to come that that I should stay focused and be, uh, and that I'm required to stay focused and to be diligent in my focus, uh, to not be misled by the niceties of, of someone else, something that someone else has. Um, and so there in verse two, it says, don't be greedy, but to be folk, don't be focused on the food, but it's not just suggesting food, but just anything nice that somebody would have that that would be more than what you have that they can offer you. Um, it would be uh, better, it says, if you would destroy your own self, because indeed, you know, getting enticed by someone can destroy you. In verse three, I found that um, it was saying to me what what you desire from someone with riches it may be special. They call it uh, the daint, the dainties, or the the things that are good, yummy things, yummy meats and uh, desserts and so forth. It, but it is a deceitful thing. And in verse four, following it says, "Do not desire riches or to be impressed with what a rich man um, has gained." No, it wants you to stop and choose the things of God and not evil things. Don't choose his evil gain, especially, or, or believe that um, you are wise to choose what he has, but choose the wisdom of God. And in verse five, that reads, um, Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. So, I felt like it was suggesting that riches were temporal. The things that we can gain from this earth are temporal and they will not stay. They will not stand. They will fly away. And in verse six, I find that um, 
he's saying, do not desire things from evil people nor look at evil gain. So it's very much like verse four. It refers back to the same language uh, using the dainties and the meats in verse three. Um, not to be encouraged toward those things, but to choose godly things. In verse seven, evil people will entice you with their things, with their food, with their drinking, and have um, evil intention in their heart because it reads for it as a as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So he's choosing to entice you with his words and with mm -hmm. his things, but he, he knows in his heart that he doesn't have good intention for you. And in verse eight, mm -hmm. I'm finding it says the morsel which thou hast eat, eaten, shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words? Which means that everything that, that they would give you, it will cause you pain and sickness. It will not stay with you. It will um, be rejected. So throwing up or vomiting means that it didn't sit well with you. So it will come up, it will come out. And it says it like it will sour you. It will be sour. It will not be sweet. Sweet words will not come from you. From verse 9, the idea changes here. And it reads, speak not in the ears of a fool. For he will despise the wisdom of thy words. So don't, don't say good things to someone who will reject you because it is a foolish person that will try to deceive you. So you don't want to accept the things that they would, uh, you don't want to give them something that they will not, not even accept. He will hate whatever you say. And in verse 10, another new idea is presented here. And it, and, um, it says, remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. So this one struck me in a strange way. I, I was interested to know why not move those marks. But then it occurred to me that we don't want to forget, lose, or change good foundations of the past, of our past. Um, and we don't want to harm those people that are fatherless. You, don't, you do not want to take their food, their land, or cause them to want anything is what I believe the writer was trying to say. They must remain protected. So here in verse 11, he continues on and it says, God is mighty and he will fight for them. And is talking about the fatherless. He will fight for them. He protects them and he will win. In fact, they, he is described as their redeemer, says for their redeemer is mighty and he shall plead their cause with them. And a redeemer we know is somebody that repays or recovers or saves something. They change it. So it shall be done. So do not 
uh, bother those that are fatherless. Um, he will not allow them to want. In verse 12, in comes a new idea. It says, study uh, good things and uh, God's word and get it in your heart. So he goes back to what he was saying at the beginning about doing the things that are wise, staying away from uh, evil people or people that have things that to draw you in. Instead, study those things that are good, those things that are um, that will be good for your heart. And it reads specifically, apply thy heart unto instruction and thy ears to the words of knowledge. So listen and study. Um, and verse 13, then he says, apply this, apply that same rule to your children, knowledge, wisdom, correction. In fact, he ushers us to spank them or to correct them with a rod because he says the rod will not kill them. In fact, in 13 and 14, it says the rod of correction will pull them, snatch them from hell. It will keep them from things on this earth that would be bad for them and things that are um, spiritual um, that will be bad for them. And they will keep them from hell. And in verse 15, it goes on to say, a wise son blesses the heart of his parent. So if you are wise, you will bless your family. You will bless your mother. You will bless your father. And repeating that, emphasizing that in 16 as well, your wisdom, your truth, those things that are like God, if you are doing it, it will be a blessing to your family. In verse 17, which reads, let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. He speaks here and he says, do not fear evil people, sins, but fear God. Follow the Lord all day long at all times. And then in verse 18, all things will come to an end. They surely will. And as they come to an end, know that if you follow God's instruction, the things that you have done toward God, it will prevail. You will not be disappointed. You will succeed. In verse 19, I believe that it's saying that, that we should listen and do as you are told and guard your heart and lend your heart to God at all times. Verse 20, do not hang out with people who are drunk and eating merely as life has no end. So you, you know there is an expected end. You know that God is going to be there for you. So prepare yourself for that, those things. Um, don't eat and drink and accept the riches of people that are evil, but lend yourself to wisdom and truth and God. And specifically in uh, verse 20, it says, be not among wine bibbers, um, among raucous um, eaters of flesh. So it, 
again, goes back to the verse, the first eight verses about the people being enticed by food and, and what they drink. Verse 21, those who are reckless with drinking and enjoying life without direction from God will live in poverty. They will be poor in spirit and living. They will lose their souls and obviously not referring to finances here because earlier um, he states that do not run after the riches but he does in this verse say but laziness will leave you poor and so it's not talking specifically of poor in 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 riches or finances but poor in spirit as well so Find yourself wise, find yourself seeking those things of God so that you will be rich in your spirit. And verse 22, listen to your father and respect your mother, even as she ages. And I thought this was such a beautiful verse because today is my mother's birthday. Um, Proverbs 23 on her twenty. Three, of course she's not <laughs> but <laughs> but I just thought, you know, hey, what a perfect time yeah. to um, share this with her that in her old age I will respect her and not um, be that person that would um, look down on her or say or not please her to find myself mm. being wise so that she has a joyful spirit. And so then on verse 23, it says, gain the truth, seek it, look for it, and do not give it up. Not only truth, but wisdom and instruction and understanding. And maybe this is um, a place where Miss Phyllis can jump in and kind of say mm. something um, to that, because I was totally intrigued by the fact that the author made distinct differences in in those four things truth wisdom instruction and understanding because sometimes we want to kind of make those all one one thing um Mm -hmm. but if you can maybe kind of expound on that a little bit I shall do my best. First, I'm sorry we did not send your mother an invitation to hear you this evening. I'm sure her heart would definitely rejoice, but she will get opportunity. And I love what you've what you've said and and brought our attention to uh, to this point. And you're right; it stands out. Buy the truth and sell it not. Um, Also, wisdom and understanding and uh, instruction. Now, this really um, speaks to a season that this podcast is in with a pastor, Pastor John Thomas. He is has authored a, a series of booklets in all that getting, get understanding. But in his discussion of that, he says, uh, the, you must get knowledge and you have to get wisdom. But if you don't get understanding, then it, it benefits you nothing. And our example really for what he says is Solomon himself. God gifted him with wisdom. And Solomon had a great deal 
uh, of wisdom. But as we read his life, we realize that something kind of didn't just go right there. <laughs> he did some things that didn't seem very wise, and yet he has a great deal. God gave him wisdom, which is why we have the Proverbs, of course. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 55 says, Ho, everyone that thirst, come ye to the waters, come by, and that without price. And the invitation there is for salvation, of course. But mm -hmm. in salvation, we believe in the God who is what? Absolute truth. So you can go there and you can receive truth at no price. So this this buy, in my view, is a um is the price you pay for gaining. In other words, in order to gain a thing, you do have to put in some energy. You have to put in a bit of time. You have to go after it, right? So uh, buy the truth and don't, don't let it go. Whatever you do, do not release truth. Don't exchange it. And all of the Proverbs that came before are talking about a compromise to your character. So don't sell it. Don't give it up. No, don't let people talk you out of it at all costs. You're going to hold on to this truth. But in in truth, we find also wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord and God is truth. And there is their instruction. He's left for us. The Proverbs, we got them. This is just one, uh, one book, right? Mm -hmm. But the entire Bible is a book of instruction and, and an unveiling of who God is and a revelation of all that he has done for mankind. So we want to hold fast and get instruction. And then we want to be able to understand. And I, I'm going to quote Pastor Thomas here. He says, if you don't know what God is saying, you have to ask him. And because God's word is not revealed to the carnal mind, we do have to discern it spiritually. And so in prayer, as you read God's word, you're continuously asking him, what does this mean for my life? You see, mm -hmm. what are you telling me here? And then uh, by the spirit of God, you shall be led to apply the knowledge and the instruction that you receive from him in the context of your own life. And therefore, you will have gained understanding. And once we get us in, you know, once we let the Lord work on us, <laughs> then we can tell somebody else, you see. But the first work is in us. It is written in the book of Timothy that the husbandman must be first partaker of the fruit. In other words, the farmer doesn't sell what he doesn't taste first. He makes sure that it's sweet or whatever it's supposed to be, that that, that richness is in it. The same is is what we do in our lives. And I really like this verse. I think I shall never forget it. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also mm -hmm. wisdom. We could put the buy there. Also get wisdom, understanding, I mean, instruction and understanding. And there it is. There it is. That's me. Um, yes. What oh, I believe beautiful. there. Beautiful. Wow. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> okay. okay. Praise God. 
Wow. <laughs> Start singing the Amen song and <laughs> okay, so <laughs> well, verse twenty four. Praise the Lord! I'm feeling that way about your expose. <laughs> go ahead. It says um, that we are to be wise. It says a wise son blesses his father, and um, any wise child brings joy to their parents. Um, to their mother, to their father. And it's repeated in verse 25, the same uh, thing. The father and the mother, they shall be glad. They shall rejoice when the son is wise, when they have done all the things that were just described. They gain the truth. They understand. They have the instruction and they don't let it go. That pleases their parents. Um, so you think about your own child, how you feel when they do something great. Maybe it's not something of God. It's just, mm -hmm. oh, wow, my child just learned how to walk and how proud you are. That's the same mm -hmm. uh, experience that we should have when our children are holding fast to the word of God and living upright and doing the things that are righteous and um, in all that they do. It makes you proud. It makes you have joy and uh, be fulfilled and mm -hmm. happy. So, and then verse 26, mm -hmm. he, he asked the son to give him his heart so he can direct him toward righteousness, which was amazing. So first he just tells him over and over, like, you got to seek it. You got to find it. You got to hold on to it. You got to, then he, it's almost in my spirit, like he just was like to the point of begging, give me your heart. He says in verse 26, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways as though the ways that he is following after Christ, um, after God. And he wants him to give him his heart so he can be sure that his son is directed toward God. And verse 27 um, it says, do not be enticed by lust and things that are far from God, uh, from a whore, from strange women. And um, what I was getting from that, you know, it was, it's always strange. Like you, you never want to say that word whore, right? But it's there. Mm. It's in the word. It says, it, because, you know, in our thinking like it's something bad or dirty or unclean but it's in God's word for a reason because he wants to, us to know um and experience in our minds how bad this could be for us and so he's not talking about just a woman that is or man that is living a a bad life he's talking about lusts or anything that will pull you away from Christ um, in my opinion, it, mm -hmm. someone that is narrow or uh, someone that's um, uh, in in a deep, dark place away from God. It says that she uh, for a whore is is a deep ditch, which means that it's a dark place, a hole for you. And the narrow or strange woman uh, will bring you to a narrow pit, meaning like you're closed in. You can't get out. It's um, something strange or dark or something that is not like God. He will not put you in a strange place. So if you're there, that's not God. Um, if you're being enticed by lust, by lust, that's not of God. So he was uh, warning his son not to do that, not to go there. Um, in verse 28, sin waits for you to bring us more 
pain to make you more like him or her. So um, verse 28, it says, she also lieth in wait as for prey and increases the transgressors among men, transgressions among men. So um, the sin, the lust, the whatever is enticing you, the breads, the meats, the is what they described it at first. And now they're talking about it as, as a woman or a lust or something that's ungodly that will pull you away from God. It's waiting for you. Um, so we have to be on the offense. We have to be aware of that. We have to keep our eyes like in verse 23, don't sell it. Don't give up. Don't give in to the things that will pull you away. And, um, 29 it says uh the words that stuck out woe sorrow contention babbling wounds uh red redness of eyes these are all examples in uh, verse 30 of a sin of drunkenness of things that will pull you away from god again the lust or anything that will pull you away from god some people may not have problems with drunkenness. So this may be like, oh, they're not talking to me. No, but he's speaking specifically of sin, not just drunkenness, but things that will make you out of your, um, to be out of the will of God. And he describes it further in verse 31. He says, do not seek a drunkenness. The description of the wine that's there was interesting to me he described it as red as um relating to let me read that one specifically um they tarry long at the wine that that go to seek uh, that they go to seek mixed wine and then they mm-hmm. in th- verse 31 they look not that thou upon the wine when it is red when it is when it giveth his color in the cup when it moveth itself aright. And so he went so far to explain the color to try to give you um, some understanding of what, not just the color of the wine, but what was in the heart of the person. It's like some people uh, in other countries, they, they drink wine because that's what they drink naturally. Like, but not unto drunkenness. And some people, when they um, are in not just wine, but in sin, you're in the things that you're doing, you know what you're about to do. You know, oh, it's red. It's going to, it's going to make me drunk. It's going to make me this, or it's, uh, it's a sin pattern that I have. I know what, you know, being with this person is going to do to me. It's red. It's not, you know, it's not green. It's not something that's going to be good for you. And you're enticed by it. And not only that, in verse um, 32, it says, at the last, it biteth like a serpent and it stingeth like an adder. So that sin, um, not just the wine again, but that sin, it comes and it bites you and it pulls you in. In 33, it describes that not only does it pull you in, but it continuously pulls you in. It waits for you because um, sin is kind of addictive. You know, if you do something and you get away with it or you, it, you know, it's it's not going to be like, it wouldn't be 
uh, I guess, enticing if it wasn't something fun or nice or something that you delighted in, like a great food as it was described earlier. But now they're talking about it as a wine or a person or a whore or something that will pull you in lust. So in verse 32, let me go back. It says, the more you consume it, um, it'll cause uh, drunkenness and it will sting you as an adder. And verse 33, the influence of the drink will cause you to see this uh, person or this man or this woman differently. And you can be easily deceived when you're intoxicated. You are you are more likely to say and do ungodly things once you are um, wrapped in that thing. You're consumed by it. So you continue to go toward it. And in verse 34, um, interesting enough, he brought in two... Um, two things let me read that one it says yea thou shalt be as he that lieth in the midst of the sea or he mm. that lieth upon the top of a mast and it took me a minute to kind of wrap my mind around why would he bring in a sea and a mass a top of a mast or a mountain at this point mm -hmm. and then i started to think about what it would feel like if i was lying in a sea i would be you know, wobbly or, you know, unsettled, uh, uneasy and shifting. So you're not stable. You're not focused. You're shifting, you're moving. It's causing you to be unsettled in your spirit. And so you're choosing this, you know, that the other and not focused and holding to, um, the truth, holding to your understanding, your wisdom. And the same thing, um, if you were on top of a mast, you would be um, uh, in the same way in a, a place of insecurity or a place of unsettledness, wobbliness, not stable. Um, and then finally, in verse 35, it says, not only is the wine intoxicating, it is addictive. It will cause you to feel beaten and tired, yet you will want it again and again for it says they mm. they have stricken me shalt thou say and i was not sick they have beaten me and i felt it not when when shall i awake i will seek it yet again mm. may the lord mm. add a blessing to the hearers and readers of his word mm. And in my final thoughts, I, I kind of started to summarize what I was thinking about wisdom. And I, I wanted to say what I thought wisdom looks like. And I, I decided that wisdom looks like working hard um, in 1 Kings 19 and 19. Um, a man of God was found working hard. And I noticed that in so many places, in the Bible, when God called people, they were working hard. He didn't call people that were out being lazy. So wisdom is working hard toward um, something and, of course, something of God and staying away from sin, staying away from traps, your own desires and others, other people's evil desire for you. It's listening to wisdom. It's applying truth 
wisdom, understanding, and instruction is being consistent and working consistently toward the things of God. It's living a sober life physically and spiritually, eating well, drinking well. It is fearing God. And finally, it is faith in what God tells you because it shall surely come to pass. Mm. Amen. Wow. Amazing. Right? Two different um, expositions of this scripture or exegetical descriptions, if we wanted to, to use that term, um, one in the morning and one in the evening. And as Sharice, you were giving this, what I thought was our purpose here, it really is to respond to the word of God. We don't come as uh, those who want to give a scholarly, well, we're not scholars, so okay. We have to talk about the word of God as we have experienced and lived with him and as he has imparted to us the the uh, wisdom from these pages, the knowledge from the pages, the instruction from the pages, and therefore uh, we respond. And the the double reading every day, if we, if we switch off readers, it is clear that God speaks to each of us individually because our extraction of what these uh, mean are more um, are extended. They're not wow. the same. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? It's that just absolutely so. wonderful. <laughs> and it is a miracle. Yeah, the miracle of the living word of God. And so fellowship brings about the interaction of all the perspectives that the Lord give. And that in the differences, we don't disagree. In the differences, there's actually a unity of thought. There is the same truth being expounded on with regards to how the Lord speaks to the different people that he has gifted in their several ways. I, I was just absolutely sitting here pondering how he does that, right? Your opening of this word tonight has been absolutely uh, an eye-opener for for me. And uh, we have comments from the, uh, I would not go back and, and recharge any of that. It was all good for me. And I really appreciate you, you stayed on the description of the wine, right? And this morning I did not, I kind of hit it, right? But I, I hit and, and went. But I thought this morning as, as I was reading that, right, that um, he perfectly describes the, um, how shall I put it? the wine tasters, those people who make of wine drinking an art form. Seriously, it has become an art form. It isn't just that they were raised in the culture. No, no. And they watch, you You, you look at how it moves. You smell it. You sniff it across your, you know, and then you taste and taste. You, all of that was in that description for me this morning. And I thought, wow, amazing that, it, it manifests itself and is an allurement. It really is a lure to drinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it is not only just that you're drinking. It has become 
such a pastime and an art form. People really prize themselves on the drinking of wine. I was, um, um, my, my really good friend was from France and he is uh, my children's godfather, right? He, he stood for, for honor at her baptism. And he's born French, right? He was a professor of mine in school. We remained friends. And oh my goodness, the wine drinking, when you went to dinner, it was all the way through the evening. So dinner might uh-huh. start at 6, 37, uh-huh. and it didn't end until 2 a.m. Right. <laughs> yes. And uh, there was a great deal of drinking, and he was very, very concerned with um, which wine, you know, I mean, he, he was concerned. It was his habit to do so. But I had never, well, you know, I drank a little wine at home, but my my parents didn't do that. <clears throat> so I became uh, somewhat of a wine drinker, you see, because of my association with him at meals. And um, you, you, I had to give it up. He died. And, and, and that became a thing of the past because, let me tell you, at two o'clock in the morning, you're drinking a lot of water just to be able to digest and push all this stuff out of your body. You know what I mean? So it is, <laughs> um, it, it, but anyway, that tradition is now amongst young people to a great extent. And it doesn't stop with the wine. It goes on with harder substances. And the, uh, the outcome is exactly what the Bible has now in this book, in this chapter has told us. I wake up the next day, and 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 that's what you what we're remember. after. And you, <laughs> you you don't remember, and you're you're you didn't feel, and but when you wake up, you must seek it. So you have to seek it again if you allow this to be habitual in your life, because addiction happens. I just praise and thank the Lord that you have opened up to us so beautifully these um proverbs and uh, thank god you know they're now they're moving in groups right with with more extended explanation so that we are we are not looking at just one proverb after another anymore we're looking now at the themes and the points being made very specifically and in a more extended way. It has been wonderful. And we have lots of comments there. I would like to go back and read them. Okay, so that- I um, one if, more thing um, before. Go ahead. So I don't know yes. um, why I need to share this. Perhaps there's somebody out mm-hmm. there that just needs to hear it. But um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about the whole thing um, as I went out to the store with my kids earlier. And I mm-hmm. said, um, it came to my heart that to be careful what somebody offers you for your soul. And mm-hmm. um, I said, I am pondering this thought because I have often been misled by the kindness of others, or so I thought it was kindness. And mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. when people offer me something, I think, how nice, how generous. And meanwhile, yeah. they are thinking, how nice, how easy. And yeah. they have an alternative motive. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're they thinking something totally different. And you see, the devil is deceitful. He's slick when he entices us. And he will only offer me the things I desire. And so mm-hmm. I have to be wiser. And maybe there's somebody out there, too, that needs to be wiser when someone... No- 
if you can recognize the difference of somebody being nice to you and somebody that's enticing you. And that's mm-hmm. what I was getting from the scriptures that were early on about the rich people that were trying to entice them with the things that they had. Um, Amen. So, yeah. That's excellent. Really. Let me tell you too, you, you brought home, um, uh, obey obedience. I forget. I can't say it directly now, but you were saying, do what you're told, do what you're told. And in your, in our youth, in youth, right. You have this sense of, we don't like to be called naive, but naive is exactly what it is. You are without understanding mm-hmm. and so you have no discernment either that's why paying attention and obedience is better than sacrifice we talked about mm-hmm. Anna really broke that one open for us I loved it and uh, so we have we have youth among us here I, I happen to know and I, I'm suspecting that there are more but Tony um, young Tony is uh, from another country and he is here strong in the Lord and has grown right and what we're doing collectively as God's people, when we grow, we want others to grow. So we turn around and we tell someone else, young people, you have to cry out for discernment. It is in the word to do so. God knows that you do not have the experience that brings with it. You've got knowledge. You have strength. You really do. You even have instruction. And hey, we're reading the, the, the Proverbs. You've now you know, have attained or at least put your eyes on wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's there, but yeah. you have to have the understanding. And to have understanding, you've got to hear the word of God. You've got to obey. You must. If you don't, you will find yourself in some very foul places and you will live with regrets that you cannot, you can't erase them. They will be there and thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness because without it, what kind of people, well, we'd be doomed. That's what we would be. We would be without hope and we would be despondent. It's amazing too, that this, um, how the, how this chapter ends, it, it ends on the on the note of doom for one who does not discern, one who does right. not pay attention, and one who does not follow, you see, the first time. But there it is right there. So consider all that you have heard. And I always say, invite someone, not because we need numbers. This is a podcast. You know, I can sit here and talk. I upload the episodes and go on about my business and pray that somebody will hear them or read them. But if you invite someone to the reading of the Proverbs, what I believe is that young people will have some things reinforced in their upbringing, right? And they will begin to have their eyes opened and they will be surprised at what God is concerned with. You get this feeling that he's off there, up there somewhere, but no, he's right where you and I live. And he's ready, willing, and able to be our help our guide, our support, and the one who loves us unconditionally. I love it. I I could go on and on. And I really, really, really thank you, Sharice. You've done an excellent, wonderful job. And as I said, I um, want to read some of the comments. 
um, where Reen says, oh, happy birthday to your sweet mommy. So tell her it's coming from the group. (laughs) And so does Precious Spaces. (laughs) Happy, great, happy birthday to your mom. And then Tony says, wisdom and understanding are the keys that open the doors of mystery and unknown success. Very good. Hallelujah. Wisdom and understanding will single you out of millions, hallelujah, of people, no matter your skin color. Absolutely. God, he's already said it. If your ways please him, he'll make even your enemies uh, dwell at peace with you. So there is a a reward for following, right? And uh, let's see. Reem says, yes to your comment, Tony. We are a peculiar people according to the word of God. And then Reem says, a great point. Now, I don't know which point she was pointing to, but there is the finger there. Great point. Something you said was, was a great point. That was very deep. We have to be careful and know those who are being nice to us. Oh, yes. Mm. And those are enticing us. Absolutely. Nice. And then a uh, welcome Theophilus. Coomson. Uh, I didn't see you, and so I didn't send you a personal welcome, but I do welcome you, and, and thank you for joining us. It's so good to have fellowship. Truck Jewels came in. That you might know him as Tam, Miss Cherise. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, yes, Tam. and Imperial, <laughs> you're a Tam. <laughs> and my precious Daniel, God is good. And Freshen says, I concur. Glory to God. What a sweet session. Father, you're just better than, what can we say? But thank you for all that you give us. Thank you for your constant attention to us. Oh God, it's wonderful, Lord. It's wonderful how you pay attention to us. You care, you draw near to us. You say when we draw near to you, you will draw nigh unto us. And here we are, we drew near and you're here. You're right here speaking. And Father, I ask that the ears of every hearer be wide open, that they really take it in and not only hear, but heed. Father, I ask that you would continue to bring these words back to our memories, back to our minds, cause us to ponder, Father, and then get it, Lord God, with understanding and apply it and and try it, try it, because you are found to be God, true every time and faithful in every way. Thank you, Lord, for depositing in us this evening. Thank you also that one day, as as we are being raised by you, as we submit and obey your word, we will indeed be trees of righteousness. The very planting of you, Father, thank you so much. And I ask that you would bless every reader that has cooperated in this process, particularly this evening, Ms. Sharice Brown. Father, bless her new marriage, bless her children, bless the union, God, and may they find their their freedom and their, um, their what is it, their love and their unity in you. And that will ensure good, good relationship. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord, for everyone who has come tonight. In particular, I remember these, I know a few young names out there. Lord, you know their needs. You know exactly what their goals are. You know exactly the purpose for which you have called them into your wonderful kingdom. And therefore, I ask that you would uh, draw them in the right direction. Just keep them coming, Father. Keep them coming in the name of Jesus Christ. And all the faithful, 
my dear sister Reams, thank you so much. Fresh in spaces. You know, I could call your names. You know how much I love you. Thank you for being with us this evening. And with that, you know, we've dined at a great table. Now, this is not that king that they're talking about there. We've been at the king of kings table <laughs> and we have dined sufficiently. We have been blessed above measure and we go out with a uh, with rejoicing and do indeed join us tomorrow at two o'clock p.m. Uh, when we shall read chapter 24. And I don't know who, who's reading for us tomorrow, but uh, it will be wonderful. I can assure you it has been wonderful. Thank you for every comment, all of you. God bless and may you enjoy the rest of your day. If you're at the beginning, the whole thing, if you're ready for sleep, I ask that the Lord replenish you and give you restorative, restful sleep so that you are refreshed and ready to meet his new mercies on the morrow. And with that, my darlings, I want to say bye-bye. Thank you, Cherise. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great one too. Yes. And my my regards to your family, in particular, Mr. Brown. <laughs> yes, he's listening. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> okay.